This is the Joe and Amber podcast. Fairness, just about everybody on planet Earth is a foot and a half shorter than Chris Canty. However, I've often said, Joe, often, that Canty and Carlin, brilliant men. Just brilliant, those two. Excellent hirings by ESPN. A couple of meatheads, if you ask me. It takes a lot. It takes a lot to ask someone to go out of their way to join your radio program to fill your time because you are not capable of doing it in spectacular fashion. So you go to a guy in the bullpen like myself. I come in. I'm going to win them the quarter hour. And then they say thank you and they burn me on the way out. Like the next time that happens, I'm not even going to answer. So for all the people who produce or associate with those two jabronis, jabronis. lose my number. This, there's no more. There's no more relationship there. It is just unbelievable disrespect. And then to side with you, it just you know, eh, I mean, eh. it wasn't even their what show. What's that? I know. First of all, it's there's enough siding with you on this show to go around for all of ESPN Radio. Those I mean, the way that James Steele sides with you every single time we do jury duty. Already, the odds are slanted in your favor. So at least I'm getting a little love on some of these other radio programs. You have every opportunity as a trained lawyer, as we've you've passed the bar. I have not. So you walk into these these discussions, these debates, these these mock trials with a massive advantage over me. And yet Mm -hmm. you are unable to execute. So you, uh, Carlin, Canty, anybody else who wants to get on my bad side, you go ahead. You do what you need to do. I'm 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 not going to allow anyone to detract from my weekend. Tank Davis, Ryan Garcia is tomorrow night here in Las Vegas. I am planning on having a nice time. You will not bring me down with your do-it-yourself projects, which, by the way, how are those going? You, you've been doing quite well with this. I, I have been doing excellent, and then I haven't done one this week, and I've been jonesing. I mean, all every right. day I come home from the gym, and I have all these things to do, but none of them actually involve going to Home Depot or right. doing a DIY project, and I get incredibly sad because that's all I want to be doing with my life right now. So I was on such a roll. I think I'm going to have to pick it back up this weekend. I need to do. I need to stain something. You know, I've got a lot of stain you. left over. I feel the need to stain something. Chris Canty didn't seem to have too much confidence there in my DIY abilities. But those guys, brilliant, brilliant guys. They have chosen and shown their allegiance wisely. Joe and Amber is presented by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career path with flexibility and great pay and benefits? Go to Progressive.com slash careers and apply online today. Speaking of people maybe not doing things so wisely, In the world of gambling, your worlds have collided here, Joe, where gambling, sports, it's sort of all new territory. And we knew it was going to make appearances with athletes. And we knew that it would probably be problematic. Well, we had Calvin Ridley last year. Now we have four Lions players, including 2022 first-round pick Jamison Williams, amongst five players league-wide suspended today for violating the NFL's gambling policy that is after an investigation by the NFL. And I just think it's so interesting here that this becomes a thing now in a world where you and I are a gambling show in part, right? I mean, we are a sports talk show, but certainly with your expertise, we weave gambling in into it every single day. It's something that is a growing space in the sports world. It's something that we're all thrilled about. I would imagine also as an athlete, it's something that's difficult to navigate. It's important to note 
that Williams and and uh, Stanley Barry Hill, who is a second-year receiver as well, they're being suspended for six games each for mobile betting that occurred at the Lions facility in Allen Park, but wasn't on NFL games. The others were suspended for betting on NFL games, not Williams, not Barry Hill. So this is not all just rules about gambling on your own sport. It's rules about where you're doing it to. Yeah, it's important to distinguish. Three guys have been suspended indefinitely. They can apply for reinstatement after one year because they bet on the NFL. All right, that's the absolute no-no. Now, Jamison Williams, the headliner of the group, he's one of two that's getting suspended for six games because he was betting, but he was not betting on the NFL, but he happened to be doing it on a mobile phone that could be tracked, and he was doing it on NFL property, the Lions facility. So they're getting six games. So that's the distinction. All of them are, are, are made a stupid mistake, and, and it's, it's as stupid as can be because this is not in any way, shape, or form something that the players are unaware of. The league makes this crystal clear with gigantic signs in every facility letting you know you cannot jeopardize the integrity of the game. There is so much that these guys at times, some of them, can do wrong. The mistakes they make, the crimes they get charged with. And the league might hand down a smaller suspension than we're seeing here, but they have made it crystal clear for as long as possible. You cannot jeopardize the integrity of the game in any way, shape, or form. So to do this a year after Calvin Ridley got popped for it is remarkably stupid. It is remarkably stupid to make this mistake. Remarkably. Now, young people make mistakes. Fine. Make your mistakes. Come back from them. Hopefully everyone else in the NFL who sees this understands This is what it is. These are the rules. Just because it's legal in some places doesn't mean certain companies aren't going to have policies against it. Like, use college game day as an example, right? We've all turned it on Saturday mornings. We've seen Herbie and all the guys up on the set talking about college games. We see them surrounded by a bunch of fans, who some of which are probably drinking. 21, 22-year-olds who are consuming alcohol, that is legal. But you can't drink on the set because the company policy states that. So just because other people can do it or because it is legal doesn't mean everybody can do it. So hopefully the message goes out to the rest of the players. Stop doing this. Or, and I'm probably not even supposed to suggest this, but for the love of God, have your entourage do it. Why are you doing it on your own phone? That's the other thing right there that just needs to be thrown out there. Like, right? I mean, come on, your own phone? Right, there's other ways to do this. Now, we're not advocating that. I think it's maybe a bit of an archaic rule that that. there is this rule that you can't that you can't do any betting on other sports that have nothing to do with the NFL because of where you are at the facility. But then if you walk outside of NFL property, you can in certain places, right? So like that's kind of a weird archaic rule. I could understand why that would be a bit confusing for players and maybe why they would have thought they could get away with it or they wouldn't have even been thinking about it in the moment. Betting on the NFL itself seems like a no-brainer to me. Of course that's going to cause integrity of the game issues. Even if you're not betting on your own team or betting on your own games, you can understand why in a league where there's relationships abound You can understand why they would never want to allow people involved in the league on any level, players, people in the front office, the coaching staffs, all the way, you know, up and down from every type of personnel and beyond. You can understand why they would want to restrict their access to what they're able to do in terms of betting on NFL games. 
But I do think what the NFL is doing here is making an example. And I, I think they made an example of Calvin Redley. They're making an example here of Quintus Cephas, CJ Moore, Shaka Tony. Those are the three players suspended indefinitely for betting on the NFL, whereas Williams and Barry Hill are suspended for six games for betting at the Lions facility on other things. I think that any way you cut this, this is an example that they're setting because they're letting players know through these suspensions again and through Calvin Ridley as well. First of all, we don't mess around with this. And it's way more impactful to see it actually play out than it is to read it in a CBA, right? To read it in in a set of rules. So here you're seeing it play out. So first of all, we don't mess around with this. And then second of all, we're watching. I mean, that's what's remarkable to me. They're tracking your phone. Like, We're you realize tracking that. They're every, tracking like your they are phone. tracking the phone to that degree. If I was an NFL player, I'd be a little worried, a little worried about that. That's why these athletes have so many burner phones. <laughs> let me throw a quick, let me throw a quick, quick nugget in there as well on that because this part's important. A lot of people see this and they say, "Here it comes, the legalization of gambling. It's going to corrupt sports. It's actually going to do the opposite. The more legalization there is, the more regulation, regulation. there is, the more oversight there is, and then as a result, it is easier to." spot these infractions match fixing or any attempts at anything the books are working in conjunction with the leagues if something suspicious is happening in women's tennis on the other side of the planet the books are aware of that so it is harder and harder than ever before to compromise these games i want to make that very clear the more legalization the more regulation the more oversight the harder it is to jeopardize the integrity of a game I mean, I would think it's advantageous for the books and the leagues to work together. It makes all the sense. The books books have a vested interest in also having the integrity. They don't want somebody inside the sport to be able to throw things either, where they're losing money as well because things aren't happening above board. So they certainly have a motivation to work with the leagues and to out the players and personnel that may be involved in these sorts of things. Tune in for baseball action tomorrow as the Giants host the Mets. Coverage begins at 3.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. But I would imagine, even though this is an example that they are setting, that this won't be the last time that we will see it. But I agree with you overall, Joe. It's easier to regulate when it's all out in the open. Coming up next here on Joe and Amber. One NBA coach thinks the league is setting a dangerous precedent. We will get into it. Joe and Amber's on ESPN. ESPN Radio you can also listen to us on the ESPN app. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun. Now streaming on Hulu. We know the Golden State Warriors are facing a must-win game three against the Sacramento Kings without Draymond Green. 
The 76ers could have found themselves in a similar situation, at least in terms of missing one of their biggest stars. However, they did not. So things have gotten very interesting here with how the NBA is handling suspensions. We will get into all of that. But first, Joe Fortma is going to do what he does best. Let's get some gambling advice. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. Cold this week. Got to turn it around. Last show, two and three, minus 1.35 units. Overall, 86.75 plus 19.14 units. We still have that Sixers minus two and a half games series bet pending as well. All right, back to back bets for you tomorrow night here in Las Vegas. Tank Davis, Ryan Garcia. Davis is going to win this fight by stoppage, which means knockout, technical knockout, or DQ. That is minus 135. We're also going to play over seven and a half rounds, minus 135 as well. Three problems for Garcia. Number one, he's a 140-pound fighter fighting at a 136-pound catch weight with a 10-pound rehydration clause. I think that's going to affect him in the later rounds. Number two, Garcia has a great left hook, but what else is there? That is toolbox is not equipped to handle Davis in my opinion and number three Garcia's been out of the ring close to a year he didn't take the tune-up fight in January like Tank Davis did I think that's a big advantage considering how big this stage is this is a monster fight it's the biggest fight of the year Tank I believe will lose some rounds early as he tries to figure out the reach advantage for Garcia he will work his way inside later in the fight hence the over seven and a half rounds and he will eventually put Garcia to sleep so the first two pizza monies of the night Tank Garcia by stoppage minus 135 over seven and a half rounds also minus 135 and now bodies fall as claxton was able to finish underneath Embiid was under the basket as well there was a collision of bodies claxton walked over him and that's going to be flagrant Harden outside the arc oh he just poked o'neill and it's an offensive foul royce o'neill goes to his knees bent over in some pain flagrant foul penalty two. Oh, harden is ejected wow Wow. I have no idea what an ejection to is. Cause baby, now we got Joey Amber is presented by Progressive Insurance. The NBA playoffs are on ESPN Radio. Tune in tomorrow night as the Heat host the Bucks. Presented by Indeed, coverage begins at 7 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN radio stations and on Sirius XM Channel 80. So speaking of those NBA playoffs, you heard it there. Things were wild in the 76ers Nets game three. Now you heard James Harden was ejected. Joel Embiid was not ejected, and that has struck a lot of people the wrong way. It's when Nick's Claxton, he finished an alley-oop dunk next to Embiid, Joe. And then as Embiid falls to the ground, he's laid out on the ground. He, you know, kicks in a very... Special area, I guess I will say, uh, for you gentlemen. Now, he does not make contact. However, he clearly, with intent, tries to maybe do some damage there to Nick Claxton. And so he, they, he, gets, a, he gets a tech, a flagrant one, so they shoot the free throws and all that. But, like, he's not ejected from the game, and he's not suspended. Meanwhile, the Warriors are over here like, huh? We have to now play without Draymond Green because he stepped, stomped, fine, but kind of stepped on Sabonis when Sabonis had initiated things. Well, before we react to all of this, let's hear Doc Rivers, the head coach of the Philadelphia 76ers, react to how the NBA handled that Draymond Green discipline. You know, listen, and I'm going to say this, probably shouldn't, didn't think Draymond should have got suspended. And I think the league is setting up a very dangerous precedent right now. If we're going to start 
punishing the retaliators and not the instigators, then we got a problem. If I was at a park, and I'm going to make this point, and you stood over me, we're going to have a problem. But these guys know they can do it because they know most likely you can't do anything. I mean, I'm not, you know, picking on Claxton, but I don't think at a park you're standing over Joel. You know, but when you got the rest and everybody else there, uh, you know nothing's going to happen. And so to me, and all I'm saying is this, and this is what I'm concerned by, is teams targeting the better players with instigation to get them thrown out, and the better player has to be above and can't retaliate. And so we're asking our stars to turn their heads a whole bunch more than they can at times. So it's a tough one for the league. I think they're in a tough spot. I mean, that's not how things happen at the park, but also the St. Street basketball. This is the NBA. So a few things here. Number one, uh, the Nets, starting with Claxton, can put an egg in their shoes and beat it. Just get out of the playoffs. No one wants to see you anymore. We're all waiting for the Philadelphia-Boston showdown. Don't step over and beat. He's a tall guy. He was just trying to stand up. Now, that's said tongue-in-cheek because I'm a Sixers fan. What clearly happened there was that if we're going to call everybody the same way, Embiid should be thrown out much like Draymond was. But here's the thing. Draymond is a dirty player who has a dirty reputation that goes back a long way. And as a result, he's treated differently because of his, wait for it, reputation. Whether it's fair or not, that is why you need to protect your reputation at all costs. Draymond always says, it's just, I'm going to be me. I'm not going to stop being me. Do you? No one's trying to stop you. But understand choices, decisions, consequences. Embiid is about to win the MVP award. He got some slack. Harden probably caught the wrong end of that as a makeup call for what Embiid did. So they threw him out of the game. I don't think that was just, but that's probably a makeup because the refs understood they should have done something about uh, Embiid. And if you have two of those shots in the same game and neither guy gets thrown out, then probably while Embiid's was way worse, you're going to have a lot of people saying that the fix is in for the Sixers, which isn't actually the case, but that's what people are going to say. So yeah, it'd be great if it was officiated fairly, but again, different players, choices, decisions, consequences, reputations matter. So you throw out the guy who is the lesser player. I mean, let's be honest about Harden versus the guy who's going to win the MVP this season in Embiid, who is the guy who should have been thrown out of this game. I understand that reputation comes into this. I have actually no problem with reputation coming into it because reputation comes into everything. It quite literally comes into every evaluation somebody makes of us, every relationship you have, every employer's evaluation of you. However, it's the in-game decision that bothers me. Like, Yes, maybe Draymond gets suspended because of his reputation, but Embiid could have still gotten tossed from this game. I'm not asking, I'm not saying that he should have then gotten suspended because yes, he's not known as a dirty player like Draymond is, but he should have gotten ejected initially. And that's what I thought was so surprising about them allowing him to stay in the game. Joe and Amber, the podcast. We're going to be debuting a new segment here. On Joe and Amber. It is an exciting day here on Joe and Amber. Amber Wilson, Joe Fortenbaugh hanging out with you. You can find him on social media at Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. But before we debut this new segment, you are not going to want to miss it. It's a ratings bonanza through the roof. Everyone's tuning in for it. Right before that, though, we're going to give you a little bit more betting advice. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. 
Ratings bonanza, huh? I wasn't even consulted on this new segment. I'm finding out just like the audience is. Which, Taking uh, the world by storm. I'm very excited for I'm very excited for All right, a couple quick ones for you here. Uh, the Lakers minus four and a half in game three over Memphis and the Sixers minus five and a half in game four over Brooklyn. I'm going to be quick on the Sixers. Brooklyn's broken. They had their chance in game three. They blew it. Now they're going to pack it in. And the Sixers and the, and the Celtics, they're going toe-to-toe here. All right? They're not going they, – they, they don't want to play extra games because they know they got each other in the next round. So lay the five and a half with the Sixers. As for the Lakers, four and a half. That price is cheap. All right? They were humiliated in the last game. No John Morant. They got out-rebounded, which is a sin considering all the injuries for Memphis. They committed more turnovers. They shot like 26% from deep. They were a mess. Now they're coming home, and they're going to explode on a Grizzly team that stinks on the road. Memphis at home, more wins than anybody in the NBA this year, number one in net rating. Memphis on the road, 16 wins. The same as the Wizards, who didn't even make the playoffs, 18th in net rating. They're a very different team. So the Lakers minus 4.5, pizza money number 2. Sixers minus 5.5, pizza money number 3. Into the paint, tipped away, run on the floor, right to left, and champ with two. It's time for Joe and Amber to run the fast break. That's how you debut a new segment. That's exciting. Imaging. I'm excited. Joe and Amber, right? Joe and Amber is presented by Progressive Insurance. Your small business keeps you on the go. Progressive Commercial Insurance keeps your policy within reach with their easy-to-do mobile app. Learn more at ProgressiveCommercial.com. For Fast Break, we bring in our producer, James Steele. Hello, James. Hello. I was having some issues with my uh, headphones there. I couldn't hear you. Uh, all right. Not necessarily excited about this part of the. Yeah, of the that's not, that, that wasn't great. Uh, and also, we, <laughs> fast break off to a good start. And also, <laughs> we we looped you in on this, uh, Joe. So I don't want to hear any of that. I'm starting to see why I can't do Carla like Amber better. Uh, <laughs> that's fine. I'm like I said it on Twitter. I'm like Ric Flair in the '92 Rumble. I'll throw everybody out of the ring. I don't need any allies. Maybe Mr. Perfect. All right. So up first, uh, after the Grizzlies beat the Lakers in Game Two, we heard this from Dylan Brooks. I don't care. He's old. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's, I was waiting for that. I was expecting him to do that game four, game five. He wanted to say something when I got my fourth foul. Um, he should have been saying that earlier on. Um, but, you know, I poke bears. Um, I don't respect no one until they come and give me 40. Um, so um, I pride myself on, you know, what I do is defense and taking on any challenge that's on the board and then today when lebron was asked about dylan brooks's comments lebron said this i don't want to talk much more uh tomorrow's gonna be a great game i'm not here for the bullshit i'm ready to play and that's it i appreciate it so, Joe, what do you think about this dynamic between the Lakers and Grizzlies right now? I like it. This is good old-fashioned trash talk. Nothing wrong with this. For Dylan Brooks, I think it's smart. The guy averages 14-3-2. He's not a star in the league. He's not a bum, but he's not a star. But the way he dresses, the way he acts, the way he says things, it's very WWE-ish of him. Comparable players don't get noticed. They don't get mentioned. So in terms of, like, popularity or infamy, Dylan Brooks has done a really good job of keeping his name in the media. As for LeBron... It's exactly how you treat it. You're one of, if not the greatest of all time. You don't sink to that level. You don't engage. You just go about your business. So this is just a classic, good old-fashioned, trash talk, NBA playoff edition style. I'm all for it. I love this stuff. It's how you treat it if you're LeBron James. It's also how you treat it if you are the elder, right? I mean, it's how you treat it if you are a little bit 
on the older side let's be real he's like i don't have time for these kids i don't have time for this bull bleep which is a completely reasonable position and also the one i would take if i was lebron but also you probably sound a little old not engaging in the bull bleep let's be honest i think it's great coming from dylan brooks the NBA needs villains. We thank the villains that come along, the Draymond Greens of the world, if he could actually stay on the court and not cost his team because he's such a villain. But in terms of the trash talk, he's always been great with it. We need those players that get everybody else riled up. Dylan Brooks has certainly become that player of late as well. He seems to embrace that role. It makes everything more interesting. I don't think there's a league out there that does better drama better than the NBA. The NBA does it so, so well. This is part of it. I love the male soap opera that is the NBA. This feeds into it. I wish LeBron would feed into it maybe a little bit more, but he's LeBron James. That's the right move. It's to take the high road. Yeah, you have to have a yin to play off the yang, right? So, right. Uh, all right. But uh, you can't act like you got time for it. Like, when you're the right. greatest player of your Correct. generation, you can't have time for Dylan Brooks. Like, if it's, if it's somebody else, but let's be real. You can't have time. Like, if it's Steph Curry saying something, LeBron's going to have time for it. Can't have time for Dylan Brooks. All right, so uh, up next, the Suns took a 2-1 series lead last night with a 129-124 win over the Clippers. And uh, Devin Booker had 45 points, Durant had 28. But Booker also played 45 minutes, and Durant played 42 minutes. Are they playing uh, too many minutes, these starters? Here's uh, our Tim Bontemps. They've got four players, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, DeAndre Ayton, Chris Paul, and then they got a ton of question marks. I just don't think that's a recipe for success, especially when Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and Kevin Durant all have muscle injury histories at this point. Look at last night, Chris Paul, 41 minutes. Kevin Durant, 42 minutes. Devin Booker, Mm. 45 minutes. By the way, they have to come back and play game four 36 hours later, Saturday afternoon. And then they're going to have to go to the altitude next weekend, start that series in Denver. They're going to be in trouble in that series. They, to me, got to get this thing done, got to get their guys rest, and got to get ready for that next round because they're going to have to play heavy minutes if they want to advance. Amber, are the Sun Stars playing too many minutes? Yes, they're playing too many minutes. It's the first round. This is the concern, though, with the Suns team. Well, twofold. The concerns, obviously, lack of chemistry. The concern also is the lack of depth. And you're going to end up sacrificing depth when you have heavy hitters on the team like the Kevin Durant's of the world. I mean, it was amazing that in that trade, they were able to retain DeAndre Ayton. I never thought that a KD trade was going to get done and the Suns were going to be able to hold on to Ayton. Of course, they were going to have to get rid of some of their depth if they're ending up acquiring Kevin Durant, if they have Booker on their team, if they have CP3 on their team. It's a very top-heavy team. Those guys are playing a lot of minutes. The reason that's such a problem with those particular names, it's not the first time that we've seen a big three play a ton of minutes, but it is maybe the first time that they're on this side of 30. And also, three players, including, by the way, Brooks in this conversation, or Booker in this conversation, three players that have had their injury concerns and that's the main concern here when you evaluate this Suns team are they going to have not just the stamina but the health to make it all the way through to an NBA finals Suns aren't going to win the title I don't I don't even know if they if they win the west um right now Devin Booker ranks number one in the playoffs in minutes per game Kevin Durant ranks number two 38 year old Chris Paul ranks number eight They're playing too many minutes. The first round is supposed to be easy for the best teams. Look at the Sixers. Look at the Celtics. Handle your business. Get some extra rest. For the Suns, you end up drawing the Clippers, who if Kawhi's healthy and plays, the Clippers could very well win this series. They're actually the better team, believe it or not. They are the better team. Imagine if Paul George was there. 
Exactly. They're the deeper team. They're gonna. I think they're going to end up winning um, game four. They're going to even this thing out, and then maybe Phoenix survives. But it's going to take six, maybe seven. And then Denver's going to dispatch of Minnesota in five at the most, and they're going to be healthy and rested and ready. And I wouldn't be surprised if Denver takes them out. Right now, you can get Denver 3-1 to one to win the West, plus 750 to win the title. I think they're set up well, given everything Phoenix is going through. They're playing too many minutes. It's not going to last. It's why the Celtics faded against the Warriors. They played a seven-game series in the conference finals against Miami, and they played a seven-game series against Milwaukee in the conference semifinals right before that. They ran out of gas. All right, last one real quick. Warriors uh, won game three. The Kings now lead the series two games to one. Uh, here's what De'Aaron Fox said about uh, what happened. They dictated the entire game tonight. I think they came out, they hit us first, and we really didn't respond you know, too well. Uh, I think there were times where we got it into single digits, but uh, they responded and, and broke the lead back up. So um, for us, defensively, we have to start with getting stops and just try to get out in transition. Joe, are the Warriors back in this thing? I mean, yeah, but they can't win on the road, so they're not going to win the series. Last night, Sacramento, classic example, do-or-die spot for the Warriors. Kings come in, inexperienced team. You're going to see this from the Cavaliers tonight. Young, inexperienced team in a hostile environment. Look what they did. 38% from the floor, way below season average. 23% from deep, way below season average. They shot under 70% from the free throw line which is terrible, and they only knocked down or they committed 15 turnovers. They were overwhelmed by the moment. Now they're catching seven and a half in game four. I would bet the Kings. Game three was all about welcome to the show. Now you're in the playoffs. What are you going to do about it? Seven and a half is too big. So the Kings still win the series, but maybe the Warriors stretch it out to six or so. Well, it helps with the home crowd, right? For some reason, the Warriors certainly love that. Sabonis so Role players always play time. better at home. Yeah, and Sabonis targeted every single time by the crowd that he touched the ball. When Green comes back, that crowd's going to be even louder uh, and more worked up and ready. Steph Curry, when he's on the brink, now we know how does this core treat this thing? Well, we know Steph Curry treats it like an NBA Finals game. When he's down 0-2, that's how he's going to treat it. It doesn't seem sustainable because it's the first round uh, because up to this point, the Warriors had been outplayed because everything just Joe just said and, and that they are bad as a road team. Nevertheless, they are still the Golden State Warriors, and you can't count them out. This does show the experience. It also shows what vets can do when their backs are against the wall. We'll see if the Warriors can stay in the zone this weekend. Get in the zone is brought to you by AutoZone. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Coming up next year on Joe and Amber, what's it going to take for the Cavs to get a win on the road at Madison Square Garden tonight? We'll get into that. ESPN Radio is also on the ESPN app. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Right now in NBA action, the Hawks are up three on the Celtics, 43 to 40, just under 10 minutes left in the second quarter. We'll continue to keep you updated on that series and get into the other series coming up later tonight. But first, Joe's going to try to earn you a little bit more money, honey. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. All right, a triple threat here. This is all in the Knicks-Cavs game. We're going to play the Knicks in the first quarter, minus half a point. The Knicks in the first half, minus one. And the Knicks for the game, minus one and a half. I'm not saying the Knicks are going to run him out of the gym. I just think the Knicks are covering all those numbers because Madison Square Garden is going to be rocking tonight. Playoff basketball, it's the Knicks. They're coming off a loss. This game is going to be huge. And that's big for Cleveland because while Donovan Mitchell has been on the road in some big playoff spots – 
The rest of that team is pretty young and inexperienced. And we see what happens to some of these teams, like the Kings, for example, when they get overwhelmed in the spot. It's a lot to handle. Keep in mind, the Knicks at home this season, number two in the NBA in first quarter scoring differential. They're outscoring the opposition by four points per game. Cleveland on the road wasn't even a 500 team this year. Great at home, struggle on the road. So the final three pizza money bets of the night. It's the Knicks in the first quarter, minus half a point. The Knicks in the first half, minus one point. The Knicks for the game, minus one and a half. Garland begins quickly, stops, three, bullseye, DG, it's another three, Cavaliers win, and this best of seven series is now dead even. Joan Amber's presented by Progressive Insurance. The NBA playoffs are on ESPN Radio. Tune in tonight as the Knicks host the Cavs. Presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 8 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN radio stations and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You're getting a shortened Joe and Amber tonight because we are going to hop off and give Knicks Cavs some of its shine there, Joe. It is a series you just heard there in the rejoin. Tied 1-1-1. What do you feel like the Cavs are going to have to do tonight to get a win in front of a very raucous MSG crowd? Withstand the early onslaught. Stay calm. Don't panic. It's a four-quarter game, 48 minutes. You don't want to get buried early and then just feed into the crowd and the Knicks' momentum. What you need to do, you don't need to play great early, but just stay calm. Focus on the defensive end of the court. These two teams play slow basketball in terms of pace. They're both bottom five in the NBA. Cleveland's 30th. So don't be rushing up and down the court. Don't worry about it. In addition to that, Cleveland's number one in the NBA in defensive efficiency. These have been low-scoring, relatively tight games, except where there were moments that got blown open. I think tonight could be tighter, but the problem for the Cavs is they shot the lights out in game two. They were 50% from the field. They're 42% from deep. They were good at the line. The Knicks were awful. And when you see an outlier performance where you're way off from your average, either up or down, You have to assume that regression to the mean is going to be coming. Maybe not in the next game, but that's why we have the zigzag theory in betting. You know, whatever you see in game one, sometimes you bet the opposite in game two. And the reason for that is these outlier performances. Like, I'll give you an example. The Miami Heat, your beloved Heat, are shooting their brains off in this game, in this series so far. They're they're shooting 50% from deep in the series. They're shooting close to 60% from the floor. Like, at some point, that's going to catch up to them, and they're just going to have an awful shooting night. Not because they're a bad team, just the math says they can't sustain. So the Knicks should have a better shooting night tonight. The Cavs probably fall off a little bit. What we do know, and this is as tried and true as anything in basketball, role players always play better at home than on the road. So you should expect a better night from the Knicks bench. The Cleveland bench is going to have to step up. But again, the Garden is going to be rocking tonight. The Garden will be rocking tonight. Uh, Brunson's going to need to step up. He can have a bounce-back game here tonight as well. He wasn't particularly good there in Game 2. That series has been one, Joe, that a lot of people circled as too close to call, this Cavs-Knicks series, right? A series that's not too close to call is the one that's being played out right now between the Hawks and the Celtics. A lot of people, I feel like, just dismissing this series altogether. Like, you and I have hardly mentioned this series right now. The Hawks up by one point uh, on the Seas. Is there any chance that Atlanta makes this thing a series? Or do you think Boston, much like you said with the 76ers, it's like, all right, let's just get this thing over with and get to round two when things get real because we think we're seeing that Sixers-Celtics matchup then. That's why the least conversation outside of testicle gate last night 
um, is taking place from those two series because they're the most overwhelming series. The Sixers are going to overwhelm the Nets. The Celtics are going to overwhelm the Hawks. We all know they're meeting each other next. We all know the winner of that's probably taking on Milwaukee. So here we go, right? Here we go. We're looking to the second round. That's where the Sixers get eliminated every year anyway. So right now, Atlanta, maybe. This is like that game three pop that you see. One of the old tried and true gambling trends again. Um, home teams down 0-2 coming home for game three. You'll see this with Minnesota as well. These teams get up. The Warriors got up in their game. The Hawks are up in their game. And the Timberwolves probably get up tonight in the game against Denver. If the Celtics weather the storm and then make their adjustments and come out in the second half and close it, Atlanta won't put up a fight in the fourth game, and then they're done. The Celtics are just too good. Like They've they've won both games by double digits so far despite shooting fewer free throws – and also committing more turnovers. They're getting whatever they want on offense because that Atlanta defense is terrible. Bringing in DeJounte Murray was supposed to improve it. I think it did a little bit, but it was so bad last year, it's not good now. Clint Capella is a shell of his former self, so I don't think Atlanta gets back in it at all. The best they do is they win tonight, and then they lose in five. I think the more interesting conversation there is then what happens with Trey Young and the Atlanta Hawks after that because a lot of people are going to end up calling for some sort of trade to happen or maybe that team to blow up in the offseason when you have another disappointing uh, postseason for Atlanta, absent that one time that, of course, he did make it uh, to the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, moving on here, I, I don't – the Milwaukee-Miami series, unless you want to talk about it, I'm not even going to homer it up and talk about it right now. Miami looked like such trash in the last game in that series. I'm more interested in some of these series out west, Joe, because yeah. Suns – Clippers, you mentioned it earlier. If Paul George was there for the Clippers, I mean, for me, like this is a Clippers, this is a Clippers series. Like this is a Clippers win, which I don't know what that means for the Suns moving forward. So often we'll look at the big names on a team and we'll get excited. Oh my God, it's Devin Booker and Kevin Durant and Chris Paul. Yeah. Yeah, it is those three. And then it's like nobody else. Like you mentioned DeAndre Ayton earlier, how you were surprised that Phoenix didn't have to include him in that trade. I don't think Brooklyn wanted him in that trade. That's the thing. I think they wanted Bridges more. They, I, I'm pretty sure there was a report that said they didn't want Aiden. Like, they didn't want him. He's not – he stats – he stuffs the box score, and it looks like he's doing a lot out there. But, man, does he make a lot of mistakes. Man, does he become a liability at times. So, if, if I really genuinely hope Kawhi is able to play game four because I would be betting the Clippers hard in that matchup. So that's the problem for the Clippers, though, right? The Clippers yes. are going to clip. And yet again, we don't know if Kawhi is going to be healthy enough to play game four. So the Suns are going to catch a break. that They've already caught a break with the absence of Paul George. That's got to be so disappointing to be a Clippers fan. Like, I cannot imagine the frustration if you're a Clippers fan. Because it's such a good the Lakers team. as well. It's got to be tough. It's, it's got, it, it absolutely has to be tough. But these teams that are just never healthy and you always are going to wonder, what if? Teams that are healthy tonight, you don't have to wonder. Knicks Cavs, it's coming up right now on ESPN Radio. This has been the Joe and Amber Podcast. You can listen to Joe and Amber live weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, or on your smart speaker. Joe and Amber, the podcast.